Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, I have good news. What's that? It's August, and football is right, right. around the corner. We appreciate uh, Clemson's gift to the Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, you're glad we gave you one of our, yes. our lower-tiered four-star <laughs> yeah, running right. backs. Yeah. He's a phenomenal athlete. I think he he's really, going to do very well. It's going to be a challenge. We, Carolina really has is. the toughest schedule in the nation. So yeah, he really is a good good player. Um, you yeah. know, it's surprising that we're 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 recruiting such good players. We're losing great players I know. like him. That's like right. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take him. He's yeah. uh, hopefully I, he does well. That's uh, it's got to be tough. You know, I hope so. Yeah, going from, to a rival school like that. Carol- so thank you. Carolina needs a little help. Yes, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. That's but right. we're excited. You know, I mean, football season. It's going to be a. I don't know. I think the expectations are too high though. So I need to calm down here and just. Focus, that's focus. right. That's but right. Uh, but anyway, but we got a little more summer left here. Um, the heat's abating a little bit. That's nice, and uh, we have a great show lineup for today, um, which is still hot, still hot. We have hot topics like the six myths of retirement. We do. Yes, yeah. there Chris, are some myths out there. There are. Chris Hogan uh, came up with a really good uh, topic, and we're going to dive into that. And there are six of them. There's probably more than six overall, but these are really good. I, I like uh, the focus of these, and we have uh, had these discussions with our clients quite a bit as well. Yeah, and then we're going to follow that up with a, a little bit of a long-term care type topic here, um, continual care communities. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, are those worth the cost? Um, so we'll explain what those are if you're not familiar with them. Uh, but, you know, that's becoming a pretty hot topic among seniors nowadays. Uh, so stick around for that. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 24 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 27 years. And we're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have the podcast that you can listen directly from your computer. Uh, also have some other tools and resources, retirement plans. For those of you who have uh, upcoming college students and look into that, uh, we have a, a really neat uh, article that looks at um, majors and um, you know what you can expect from a salary standpoint. So go check that out. We have a Facebook page, MoneyMD, and also a Twitter handle, MoneyMD. Yeah, lots of resources out there, lots of ways to connect with us. Or you can email us directly at info at MoneyMD.net. We're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from uh, the uh, NASDAQ um, itself, the uh, the, uh, the 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 firm and uh see this is interesting you know you remember back in the the 2000s the uh, nasdaq composite index i think one year made like 80 percent and you could do no wrong yeah. in it um and it peaked at a high of about 5,000 on um uh, march the 10th of 2000 and it dropped all the way to 1100 uh, so it dropped about 80% in, yeah, uh, wow. in a matter of about two years. You know, it took 14 years for it to recover. And right. so, you it's know, we, we see that a little bit now. I know we were talking earlier about some of the, the frothiness of growth stocks and um, the premiums that are being paid for some of these stocks and the earnings. And they're getting, in some cases, to ridiculous levels. And people, you know, you got to be careful if you get into one asset class like NASDAQ, technology, whatever. Um, it can it can go for many, many, many years and, and underperform and, and make no money. So that's dangerous. 
Yeah, and I don't think the overall market is in kind of a bubble territory, but you're right. There are certain sectors that can always get in these bubble territories, like we saw with precious metals, you know, some time ago. And I think technology, particularly growth stocks, are kind of getting to that level. And the NASDAQ certainly has more than its share of those. Yeah, you got to be careful. So uh, you do have to be careful. Interesting fact of the week. So we're over 8,000 now on the NASDAQ. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's up there. It's up there. That's... Interesting fact. Okay, and that leads us up here to our first topic, and that is uh, retirement myths, things that you uh, that may not necessarily be true about retirement. That's right. This is uh, Chris Hogan, who's a Ramsey personality. And, Steve, you know, there's a lot of information out there being thrown around, and uh, it's, it's really hard to separate fact from fi- uh, fiction. Um, so if you're going to build wealth and uh, you know have a secure retirement, um, you got to be very careful that you don't get sidetracked with bad information or, or negative, um, you know, approaches and mindsets. And and so we're just going to dive right into it. We've got six myths here, um, and myth number one, and we see this sometimes, um, you know, living off of Social Security income alone. A recent poll found that about half of adults ages 50 and older who retired or plan to retire in the next few years said their main source of Social Security um, or main source of income was going to be Social Security. And here's the problem with that. There's a huge gap between what futures think they're going to need and receive from Social Security versus what they're actually going to get. There's yeah. a big difference there. And the average right now is about $1,461 from Social Security. It's only $17,000 per year. It's not a lot. It's not. It's 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 hard to keep the lights on, put food on the table, um, let alone enjoy a comfortable retirement. So, you know, the news, you know, gets worse for those who aren't retiring because the latest projections show that by 2035, Social Security benefits could be slashed by 20 percent unless Congress takes action. So, you know, do you really want to you know, the the quality of your life and retirement to depend on how the Senate votes. And I think there are going to be changes in Social Security. There's no doubt they have to do some, some sure. changes in that and Medicare, for that matter. Um, so it's time to take matters into your own hands. You know, start saving. There's different vehicles to save in, but don't just rely on Social Security. I can tell you, uh, you know, we know people that, that live just on Social Security and they have no flexibility. Yeah, no, none whatsoever. And I, and I don't think Social Security would be drastically cut. I Having said that, it's not a lot of money anyway mm-hmm. for, for the average person, okay? If you're maxing out, you know, the wage base, then, yeah, it'll be, you know, and if there are two of you working that are doing that, then certainly it, it can be very substantial. But um, you need to know what those numbers are. So you need to go to ssa.gov. Open up an account, get your benefit statement, kind of see what you're planning for Social Security. That's all part of retirement planning. Right. But it's a, it, it's, yeah, don't assume you're going to have some nice, you know, income stream coming in from Social Security without knowing for sure what it is. So good, good fact. And uh, that leads up to our next myth. And that is if I invest in my 401k match, I'll have enough to retire on. Eh. Nah, not, not enough. Not normally. Not normally. Yeah, okay? it depends on what the match is, but most yeah. of them are three percent. Most which is of them nice, are right. But... I mean, there are some companies nowadays that offer like eight or nine percent mm-hmm. match, no pension. You know, if you're with some big company, that would be really nice. And yes, that might get you there if you do that for a long time. But you know, if you're comp, if you're just doing the match in most four hundred one ks, you got to get the match. But that that's a great place to start. But that is not enough to to fund retirement. You know, it's like running a marathon and stopping a quarter way into the race. You know, 
Um, hate to break it to you, but you're not going to get a medal for stopping at, you know, mile seven. If you want to build a solid nest egg for retirement, you have to invest at least 15% total of your income in, into retirement. And you got to do that for a very long period of time, you know, so get that match, then go fund Roth IRAs, then, you know, take your, your, your contribution all the way up to a 15% total level. Um, you know, there's, there's no taxes in retirement would be, will be awesome as well. So you want to make sure you're doing some Roth. So you have some flexibility, but make sure you're on track. Don't assume that just cause you're doing the match, you're doing enough. Yeah. No taxes in retirement would be groovy. That would be groovy. It would be yeah, groovy. Yeah. You said it, not me. <laughs> like it, like it. Uh, myth number three is I'll work through retirement. And, you know, there's, uh, he, he mentioned there's Super Bowl commercials. Some of them are pretty funny. There's some weird ones. But there was one that kind of caught Chris's uh, eye, and it was an ad for a financial services company, and it showed a bunch of retired folks working in various jobs um, because they had to. They had saved nothing for later years. And the sad part is, is that's close to reality for a lot of folks. And, you know, whether it's crushing health care costs or higher than expected living expenses, uh, or maybe they simply can't afford to retire, 79% of workers say they plan to work during their retirement years, but only 34% of retirees in 2018 were able to do that. So about 80% said, hey, you know, I'm going to work. But most people don't, and it's either because they can't find a job, maybe their health is not well. Uh, there's various reasons, but if you plan to have to work and you're not able to, then that's going to be a difficult you know, situation. Yeah, and we see a lot of people do work part-time when they initially retire, but they usually don't last very long. You know, that's usually only for a few years. Then there's some health issue or they're caring for a parent or something or a spouse. So it just doesn't – you can't count on that lasting very long. So uh, – yeah, definitely don't count on working long in retirement. Um, so that's a good good myth to know about. The other myth, though, is Medicare will cover my medical expenses. <clears throat> totally covered. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely not true for most people. I mean, you know, and there's a lot of confusion out there about Medicare. You know, that's the government, you know, kind of retirement uh, medical program if you're 65 or older. And, uh a lot of confusion about what it can and can't do. So <clears throat> let's just talk about this for a second. I mean, Medicare can give you very affordable health coverage for doctor's visits, medication, and hospitalization, you know, once you reach 65. Um, that's the good news. But however, Medicare doesn't cover the cost of deductibles, co-pays, long-term care expenses, that, you know, lasts more than 100 days. I mean, those costs are on you. So there's there's a big gap there. Yeah. And one of the biggest uh, expenses in retirement, Steve, is long-term care. The median annual cost of an assisted living facility is about 48000 And if you get a private room in a nursing home, uh, it can be more than double that. Uh, 100000 um, is is the national average. I think locally it's probably seventy or eighty. And on average, more than half the people turning 65 today will need long-term care Um, of some type. And when it's all said and done, the average 65-year-old couple needs around $300,000 saved in retirement, even when they have Medicare. That's That's a a big number. That's a big number. Yep. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, just like good old Social Security, the future of Medicare is uh, is pretty murky. Um, And so Congress is likely going to have to make some significant changes here. Eligibility age, premium cost, reducing coverage, um, that's going to have to be addressed before Social Security, and that's a big one. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Medicare is projected to have some big deficits going forward, so there probably will be some changes there. 
And that means that, you know, regardless of Medicare, you're going to need a plan to cover all these costs in your golden years that Medicare doesn't cover. Um, so here's how to safeguard your retirement from the medical expenses. First one is to, <clears throat> to look into getting long-term care insurance the day you turn 60. Um, you know, it's something you need to consider. It's, it's not necessarily for everybody, but it is, it can be very valuable insurance and you need to at least look into it when you turn 60. And then kick your retirement savings up into high gear. You know, the sooner you realize that you can't rely on Medicare for all of the, your medical costs, the more time you have to ramp up your savings. <clears throat> and one way to do that is <clears throat> to, is to have a health savings account. Yes, HSA. Yeah. I mean, if you have a health savings account, if you can, if you can do that with your medical plan, um, and you can, you can't do that past age 65, I believe. Um, so you can only contribute up to 65. So start that as soon as you can and then build up a nice chunk of money there that'll be available to grow tax free. You get a tax deduction when you put the money in and it can be used for medical expenses all throughout retirement. Mm -hmm. And you can take it out without taxes, um, anytime, as long as you've had medical expenses in the past while you had this account in, in existence. Um, so it is a great a great plan and john as i know you're gonna say it's groovy it's groovy hey no taxes in retirement <laughs> that's right that's out of sight that is groovy isn't it yeah it's good man, stuff man. back to the 60s here go man <laughs> <laughs> yeah myth number five is uh it's too late for me to save for retirement and that's that's not true it's never too late uh whether you're 40 50 or 60 uh, let's say you're 40 and you bring home around four thousand a month if you invest 15 percent of your income you could end up with a nest egg um, you know, uh, over $500,000. And if you're, if you're 50, you can do 25%, which is difficult. Um, all the way up to age 67, you can again have over 500,000. So it's better than zero, but you know, you got to start now, wherever you are, you've got to do some planning and do some budgeting and figure out how you can pay yourself first. Yeah. And you know, Chris Hogan has, uh, has talked about this in his new book, um, Everyday Millionaires, um, you know, virtually all of them believe they can control their own destiny. You know, they're not waiting for the cavalry to swoop in and to save the day. Instead, they choose to focus on the things they control. They set goals. They work to reach them every single day, you know, financially. Um, so you need to do the same, you know. I mean, set yourself up for, in his words, the groovy retirement. Take control of your retirement. You Take like control that word, of don't your you? expenses. I do, man. It kind of brings me back to yeah. you know, the days of uh of I don't know, the Beatles. <laughs> groovy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um and the last one here, Steve, is um you can do it on your own, and that's myth number six. And you know, when it comes to investing, it can be tempting to fly solo, but there's a reason why there's a pilot and a co pilot. Uh, when you're on your own and you don't know what you're you're doing, you might crash and burn and end up way off course from where you want to be. And so a recent, a recent research study um, by the Ramsey Solutions Organization found that Americans who work with investing professionals are nearly twice as likely to say that they're confident that they'll have enough money to retire compared to those who invest on their own. And it's more about just being in confidence. We found actually the, the survey they did found that 68% of millionaires used an investment professional to achieve their, their net worth. So whether you go at it alone, um, you know, or not, there, there are different ways to get there. There are people that are able to do it successfully, but more people than not work with someone, um, to help them kind of navigate 
and we see this all the time, folks that, um, you know, have amassed a lot of wealth and, and they just don't want to focus on it. They want to focus on retirement and traveling and doing other things with their families. And that's one reason why folks use us. But, you know, you got to be careful. Um, there is a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of people trying to sell products and services and so forth. So do the research, get something that fits you for what you're looking for, and um, you can have a groovy retirement. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a great Great topic. And that leads up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this is uh, something that, you know, Steve, I know you uh, deal with this as well, but dealing with um, uh, kids who are adults, dealing with their parents' uh, finances and so forth. And so the question is, is my mother is in poor health. What should I do to make sure her estate is in order? And, um, you know, certainly something that comes to top of mind is power of attorney. You want to, you know, make sure that you can help mom or dad out with um, their finances, also health care. You're able to, um, you know, help them manage the day-to-day process of their life, but also just understanding and getting your mind around the finances and beneficiaries, life insurance uh, may mean that you need to go to lawyers or advisors and understand what mom or dad has. And, you know, I, we have clients that are going through these issues, and and um, I just had one recently, very well prepared, talk to their family, their kids know everything, they have a trust, it's just very well organized, and and it it just takes the pressure off of the emotional situation, and they know the financial situation has been taken care of. Yeah, we run into this a lot, um, and there are a lot of things you can do, you know, and you just mentioned a whole bunch of them. Another one that comes to mind is making sure the assets are titled correctly, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, It's a big help if you have after-tax accounts that are titled with a beneficiary, TOD. So, you know, make sure any accounts that, that, that would normally go through probate have a beneficiary, so they just go directly to to uh, their kids, you know, or to, to, you know, whoever they want to leave it to and not go through probate um, is one of the things that we've run into quite a bit recently. So a lot of things you consider there that's uh, should consider there. So that's a great question of the week. You want to make sure that you have things in order and you're helping them with their finances. And then you look at all the ins and outs of um, preparing, you know, a good, a solid estate plan. Yep. So Good question. That leads up here to our next topic, and that is continual care communities. Are they worth the cost? Um, This is based on a recent article from Jamie Kennedy. And, uh, you know, John, um, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of clients that are asking questions about, you know, assisted living or other forms of long-term care facilities or communities recently. And there are now a plethora of options for healthy seniors when it comes to considering a move to a more simple and assisted lifestyle. Um, But there are many factors to consider when planning where you want to spend your golden years. For seniors, you know, aging in place is is usually the most practical and appealing option to them. But those who want to move somewhere that offers plenty of amenities, uh, these new continual care communities, retirement communities, um, or CCRCs, are quickly becoming one of the popular choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of in and, ins and outs about these. Um, we'll talk about them, but, um, you know, deciding whether or not to move to one of those. But here are some of the pros and cons of those. Um, but just to define it a little bit, uh, a continual care community is one that kind of offers a whole bunch of amenities. It offers independent living for somebody that's a senior. At the same time, it usually offers 
other uh, other levels of care in the same facility where you can move up, you know, to assisted living, you can move up to nursing care, um, and you can do that all within the same facility. So, uh, or the same community, if you will, it's a facility that, you know, has independent units that, that also have, you know, other units there that are more assisted living, mm-hmm. um, kind of all at the same place, but also has a whole bunch of immunity amenities. So it's very appealing to a lot of people. And, uh, but there was a lot of, a lot of things to consider, a lot of benefits to consider, but there's also some, some, uh, you know, things, challenges with them that you need to consider too, one being the cost. So, but we'll dig into the benefits first. Yeah. One of the biggest per- perks um, is everything's included. It's very similar to a, to a full amenity resort or ho- hotel and is a great option for seniors who want to age in one location, um, but not might not have the support system to do so. So in this facility, everything's taken care of. Res- residents enjoy maintenance-free living, um, with all the freedom of living on their own. So meals, transportation, housing maintenance, housekeeping, laundry, security, utilities, everything is included. So it really takes the worry and work out of living and allows the resident to really enjoy their retirement with with minimal, you know, headaches. That's right. That's right. In addition to the perks and the amenities um, provided by the community, residents have access to a large social network yep. of people with shared interests, you know, that are in a similar stage of life. Um, for single single or widowed seniors who transition to a continual care community um, in the retirement, uh, the social benefits and kind of the sense of community can be a huge draw. You know, many communities offer a variety of social activities like outings, mixers, clubs, even organized travel. Um, and there's always, you know, peers around, friends around, many seniors that have have kind of that sense of community while they're still maintaining their private living space. Um, and another benefit, John, to these communities is that residents are able to kind of live their lives with the added security of knowing that a health care support system is in place. Um, the majority of, of these continual care communities offer varied levels of care within the community, such as assisted living, skilled nursing, memory care services. You know, our residents are able to move from one level of care to another without ever having to leave the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, if a resident's health uh, begins to decline, um, they they have the option of moving to the independent living residence from there into a skilled nursing residence. Um, but they don't have to, you know, move out of the community and, you know, and the people that they know and love there or the, the friends that they've come to uh come to be friends with. Um, in addition, you know, residents have quick access to the medical services, including nurses, doctors, you know, that are all right there in the facility that can come help them, you know, at a moment's notice. You know, plus if a resident, once they become known by the staff, uh, the, the staff can kind of help, you know, identify potential issues or sudden changes in their health or demeanor, demeanor and, and kind of begin treatment in a timely manner and that gives the family a lot of comfort as well. Yeah, it also offers flexibility for partners or spouses. Maybe they have different medical care. Um, so when a couple moves in together but has different needs, they can uh, they can you know meet those needs without forcing them to live apart. So you know even if one of the spouse has to move into a higher care facility, they're still still able to see each other on a daily basis and you know, enjoy uh, you know, many of the social benefits of the community together. So there's some flexibility built in. That's right. And finally, um, these continual care communities provide families with the peace of mind of knowing their loved ones 
are well cared for and living in an active, healthy lifestyle. Um, and one of the hardest parts of watching your family members age can be witnessing kind of their loss of freedom, their self-sufficiency, um, their activity level drop way off. Um, but many families aren't equipped to move in, you know, or to move their elderly family members into their homes or provide the kind of care that may be required while a, con- a con- con- continual care community like this allows seniors to live independently while still providing the social, medical, and emotional support services that they need. Um, however, there are some challenges to living in a continual care community. Um, so we'll address some of those right now. Yeah. So leaving, you know, their home, um, and familiar territory can be difficult transition. Um, you know, they've worked hard to create the, you know, their, their, their environment that they're currently living in. And certainly when they go to this new facility, they're trying to meet all the needs and so forth. But, uh, the reality is, is the, the complex is composed of senior citizens. And so some seniors may feel more comfortable where there's, you know, some children and young adults and so forth. So the transition can be difficult. That's right. Also, I mean, the living arrangements in some of these continual care communities may not be very consistent, you know, from one level of care to another. I mean, after all, you're kind of buying a Swiss Army knife, you know, for Mm -hmm. care, and you're asking for kind of a lot in one facility. So, for example, you may choose a community based on their skilled nursing facilities, but then you may find out their independent living areas or their social activities or maybe their food services aren't exactly what you're looking for. Um, so once you decide on a, on a c- continual care community, um, you know, you, you need to make sure it fits all of your needs and you need to do, really do a lot of research into it, you know, tour the facility. Um, you want to investigate everything a community has to offer from the medical care support all the way down to the size of their maintenance staff and their, you know, response times, read reviews. Um, many of them allow potential residents to even spend a night or a weekend there on the ground so that they can get kind of get a firsthand look at how it operates. So moving into a continual care retirement community requires a good bit of planning and forethought. You know, residents have to sign their contract and move in um, when they're still able to live independently. You know, they're making decisions about their health care and their living options that are going to affect them the rest of their lives. So some seniors may not be comfortable making such a big decision all at once, um, or they may be hesitant to enter into a contract that doesn't allow them a lot of options to make changes down the road. Yeah, and one of the biggest disadvantages, Steve, is the cost. And uh, you get a lot in these facilities. Um, you know, the average cost, um, uh, you know, is a hundred thousand is on the low end, um, the low end, yeah. up to 400,000 on the high end, even up to a million dollars. That's the entrance. It's an entrance fee. Yeah, and, that's then, right. and then the average monthly service fees range from 2000 to $4,000 a month. So it is, it's very expensive. You got to have the means in order to do that. Um, and it's a huge financial investment and it can certainly be a gamble that doesn't always pay off in the long run, but you know, that's, that's a big chunk of change, a couple hundred thousand dollars to as a, the joining fee. And then you have the monthly service fee as well. That's right. And you need to be aware that, I mean, a lot of these communities say that they'll refund 80 to 90% of the, the entrance fee when you leave or die, but you really need to understand the details of that. Um, I ran into one recently where a client was looking to move to one and, uh, I researched it for them and it turns out the refund went away the longer you lived there. 
So the refund was only that like lasted prorated. like five years prorated. Yeah, basically you were using up your entrance fee the longer you stayed. So after like ten years, there was no refund at all. So you know if you broke that down into a monthly fee, it was a lot more expensive than what he they really thought. Um, so you need to look at that, you know, and uh, that brings up another drawback. I mean, there can be substantial financial risk involved if the community isn't financially valuable, uh, viable. You know, residents run the risk of losing their entire investment should it go bankrupt. So when you're researching these continual care communities, it's important to find the organization, you know, find out if they're for profit or not for profit. Um, you know, look at some of their financials, read reviews, um, look at things that impact the stability of the organization. You know, if the community operates for profit, there's always the possibility of a sale, which could change your, your contract. Um, on the flip side, if it's not for profit, uh, they're relying a lot probably on entrance fees and monthly fees to operate. And that's risky because low occupancy rates could create a cash flow problem and could drastically affect their ability to maintain their operations or refund your entrance fees. Um, so in most cases, residents, you know, don't own their homes or apartments within one of these communities. Um, so they're, they're leaving them with very little protection if the organization runs out of money and shuts their doors. So you need to do your research there. So, um, you know, the point here is, you know, the, the potential – if you're thinking about one of these continual care communities or your parents are looking into them, you should thoroughly analyze, you know, your, your own monthly expenses, but also all these all these kind of pros and cons, all these considerations about the the the, the living, but also the financial considerations of moving into the facility and really understand the pros and cons of it, um, because you know, while it sounds very attractive on the surface, and it is very attractive for a lot of seniors, it's a perfect solution for a lot of seniors, but there are some drawbacks and there certainly are some significant financial obligations. So just make sure you understand that option and, uh, you know, weigh that against all the other options out there for for long-term care, um, mm -hmm. you know, in your golden years. So, and that leads us up here to our prescription of the week yeah um equifax uh probably remember this back in 2017 um had a data breach and uh you know small number of people were were exposed their personal financial information about just a few yeah just a few about half of america 100, <laughs> 147 million people and Ouch. Uh, there was a settlement um 425 million to help people be affected uh, that were affected by the data breach so the prescription is is go out to equifax um do they have a lookup uh, put your last name in the last six of your social security number to see if you were impacted if you were then you can either get 125 dollars potentially or you can get 10 years of free credit monitoring and uh, check your kids as well. If, if they were, if you had kids that were minor in, in May of 2017, they may be eligible for 18 years of free credit monitoring. So again, go check out Equifax. Uh, there is a, a way to, to file a claim on this. Um, claims won't be paid out until January of 2020. So uh, we've got a couple of months here, but um, go check it out. Yeah, so get your 125 bucks at least That's or, right. or your 10 years of free credit monitoring So, because uh, a settlement has been reached on the Equifax data breach back in 2017, which affected just about everybody. Yes. So a good prescription of the week. All right, and that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. And do check us on our website, moneymd.net. 
Email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.